This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Bismillahi walhamdulillahi wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. My beloved brothers and sisters, it brings me great joy to be here at the Al-Furqan Islamic Center which is run by the Africa Muslims Agency doing tremendous work, not just in this country or in Africa, but in fact, across the globe. It always impresses me when I hear Africa Muslims Agency, and then you see them doing work beyond Africa, and you start thinking to yourself, this is a sign that Africa is an extremely wealthy continent where we can also reach out to those struggling in other continents across the globe. You know, as I was entering this place this evening, and I saw all the young students and learners in two lines singing a beautiful welcoming song, I thought to myself, I did bring something for you. And one of the best things that you could actually bring for someone is perhaps a good scent, something that smells good. Because the Prophet ﷺ says, good company is perhaps like one who sells perfume. He might give you some, you might buy some, or minimum is you get a good smell. It's good company. So this evening when I was coming, wallahi, I thought to myself, Today, I'm going to where my heart belongs. And I've been to many masjids, masjids that are, mashallah, very impressive in the way they have built. And sometimes masajid that are very, very humble in the way they are built. So it's not like we would only go to one set of masajid and not to the others. We are all brothers and sisters. But I promise you, when you enter a place, you can feel the sincerity, the heart, the ease. And if you were to stand in salah, for example, myself as an imam, when you're standing in front, you can feel the calmness. But sometimes in some masajid, you feel very stressed. Really, they say the musalla is difficult. That's the language used in some circles. But that's not true. It's just the stress. Sometimes it's the sincerity of the people that affects you positively or negatively. May Allah grant us goodness and ease. We are brothers. So I thought, let me take the best that I have. And that's what I did. Those of you who know, would have known. MashaAllah, this is a Rolls Royce by the will of Allah. May Allah grant us goodness. And it is an honor and a pleasure. We are also running several centers in Zimbabwe, very similar to this one. And this is why it brings greater joy to be in your midst. And then I came in and as I was applying a little bit of perfume and greeting the brothers going on, thinking to myself, we have the issue of the virus, we need to be responsible, but we also have our brothers that we are excited to meet. And we have to strike a balance between the two by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. With all that excitement, wallahi, it took me back to something very, very, very deep. And that was the time the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was in Makkah al-Mukarramah. And 
when the Muslims who had accepted Islam in the initial stages were not considered the top of the community, but most of them were actually considered those who were perhaps not that wealthy, not that powerful in terms of authority, and not coming from noble homes. They were those who were, but the majority of them, they were just those who were normal medium people, you know, just the general flow. They would listen to Rasulullah they would understand what he said and accept it. And why do I say it brought me to that time? Because wallahi, my brothers and sisters, we face many challenges because we do have problems in our societies and communities and the ummah at large. We have a lot of challenges. We need to work on ourselves as an ummah. The love that should be there is not there the way it should be there. It is there, but it can be better and it must be better. You know, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, as soon as they declared Islam, they were persecuted immediately. Wealth was taken for those who had wealth. They were kicked out of their homes for those who had family units. They, people didn't want them to be accepted and some of them were actually physically tortured. The family of Yasir, known as Al Yasir, and the family and the other families and people like Bilal ibn Rabah and so many others, Khabbab ibn al-Arat and many others, radiyallahu anhum, may Allah be pleased with them. They were persecuted. But did they give up? No, they didn't. Not at all. The kuffar of Makkah used to tell Muhammad sallallahu we don't mind accepting Islam, but we are rich people, man. We are wealthy. We are powerful in society. When you sit with us, we don't want you to sit with those who have less. They said it clearly. They were shameless. Allah Almighty revealed verses saying that is impossible. It cannot happen. وَلَا تَطُرُدِ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ رَبَّهُمْ بِالْغَدَاتِ وَالْعَشِيِّ يُرِيدُونَ وَجْهَهِ Don't ever chase those who call out to Allah at night and in the morning. They are seeking the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Don't ever chase them away. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, No way. In fact, when you see them go out of your way to greet them loudly, Assalamu alaikum, mashallah. When the believers come to you, those who've already believed from the downtrodden of Makkah. Go out of your way to say to them, Salamun alaykum. Your Lord has written upon himself that he will be merciful. That's the mercy of Allah. Allah has written upon himself mercy. So when the Prophet ﷺ used to see them, he used to greet them and he used to say, you are the ones whom Allah told me to greet. What about those others? Well, they either come as equals or they are rejected because of their arrogance. They either come as equals or they are rejected because of their arrogance. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So what happened is over a period of time, the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, 
developed a beautiful bond with one another. They were prepared to give their lives for one another. And there came a time in Medina Munawwara when they gave their lives for one another. Literally, they gave their lives for one another. And this is why you find when the Prophet ﷺ speaks about his companions who had accepted Islam at the beginning, he says, لا تسبوا أصحابي don't ever say a single word derogatory about my companions. Who are they? They are the, the oldies, the old guard from Makkatul Mukarrama, and the others who followed later on with goodness, primarily starting with Abu Bakr radiallahu an, Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, Uthman adin Nurain radiallahu an, Ali ibn Abi Talib radiallahu anhu. Nobody dare utter one negative word about them. لا تسبوا أصحابي فوالذي نفسي بيده لو أنفق أحدكم مثل أحد ذهب ما بلغ مد أحدهم ولا نصيفه. Don't ever say one word derogatory about my companions. Because I swear by Allah in whose hands lies my soul that if you were to spend a mount Uhud full of gold in the cause of Allah, it's not going to equate one handful of what they spent or even half of it. Because they spent when it was difficult. Subhanallah. They spent when it was hard. They were persecuted, looked down upon. They remained steadfast. It's not easy to remain steadfast. My brothers, my sisters, you will find that Muslims are not following Islam. But Islam gets a bad name, not because the teachings are wrong, because the Muslims are not following the teachings. So if you give up on Islam because of the Muslims, the loss is yours. Don't do that. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum remained. You will find racism alive among the Muslims. Is it Islam to blame? No, it's not. It's the people individually to blame. Or sometimes a culture to blame. We need to work on it. We need to educate them. And we need to make them proper Muslims. Subhanallah. As much as people think those people are reverts. Sometimes they themselves do not have every aspect of Islam in their lives. They need it more than the revert sometimes. And that's why many reverts are let down. Because as soon as you revert, they only offer you one thing. Do you know what it is? I can tell you. They will tell you. Repeat after me. Ashhadu. So you say the shahada, isn't it? Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. Ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Then they will offer you one thing. What is it? Takbir. That's all. After that, you are not my brother. You are not my sister. There is nothing. There is no follow-up. You want to get married. We won't help you. You need business. There is no way. You want a job. It's impossible. Nothing. So you are on your own. Why does that happen? Number one, it happens because the people are weak. And number two, Allah wants to test your iman. Did you come in because of Islam or because of the people? It happens all the time. What do they offer you? I always challenge my brothers and sisters. Would you support a center like this that is taking care of so many different types of people, reverts and born Muslims, but at times the underprivileged? It's a fact. But sometimes the people think, no, no, it's okay. Imagine, you want to get married. And suddenly, when both parties are happy, which means the bride and the groom are both happy. But they'll say, no, this person's a revert. You can't marry a revert. You can't. Why? Because their family is not Muslim. I say, in that case, you would not have allowed your daughter to marry Abu Bakr because he was a revert. 
Umar ibn Khattab, was he not a revert? Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiallahu anhu, was he not a revert? So if it was wrong to marry reverts, what would have happened? They wouldn't have had wives or husbands. So I want to address the masses across the globe to say, my brothers and sisters, when you are considering marriage for your children, if they are keen on someone who is a revert, don't ever hold the fact that their families might not be Muslims against them because you are not marrying that entire family, you are marrying the individual. You need to remember this. Bilal ibn Rabah radiallahu anhu and his brother, they came about later on and said, look, we are whom you know we are. If you allow us to get married, alhamdulillah. If you don't, Allah is always with us. Who was that man? The Prophet says, Ya Bilal, sami'tu khashkhashataka fil jannah. Oh Bilal, I heard your khashkhasha in jannah. You know what's a khashkhasha? When you are walking with ship ship, when you are walking with your slippers, the sound of the slippers called khashkhasha. I heard it in Jannah, which means you are there. You have arrived. MashaAllah. V, 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 I, P. Forget about one V. Many Vs. MashaAllah. And yet there were some people who felt a little bit difficult. Yes, if one of the two principles do, do not want to get married, you cannot force someone. You cannot force someone. Listen, I want to marry your daughter. Go home and convince her to marry me. I can't do that for you. But if the two would like to get married and one happens to be a revert, there's nothing wrong. Actually, the weakness would be the individual. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum, like I said, they were reverts. The people of Medina and the people of Mecca, they came from two totally different tribes. They were intermarried. The Ansar and the Muhajirun, they intermarried. Today we will say this one comes from that tribe so we can't accept it because the Prophet ﷺ says there is something known as kafa'a. You need to be similar. Uh-uh. Wait, 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 wait. Relax. Take it easy. Let's go back to the Prophet's time. Look at the Muhajirun, who they were. Look at the Ansar, who they were. Two totally different cultures from different places. But the Prophet ﷺ not only married from among them but encouraged people to say marry from among them. Subhanallah. Secondly, you find people will maltreat you. Sometimes the minute they see you're a revert, they think, ah, this person's going to be a pain. There are some people who think like this. The minute you see someone, you think this person's come to me to beg. My brother, I didn't come here to beg to you. I didn't. We are honorable people. All we want is just that simple respect, nothing more. But there is an idea that is created by what? By a sickness of shaitan. That's it. Islam doesn't have that. Greet people with a smile. Sometimes you might have a person who comes to you and says, you know what, I'm struggling. Can you help me? The Quran says, We read that verse in Salah tonight in Taraweeh. As for the one who's asking you for something, don't rebuke him. What does rebuke mean? Don't disrespect him. You can say, look, I can't really manage right now. Jazakallah, may Allah reward you. Please excuse me. I won't be able to give you. If you want to say no, there are respectful ways of saying no. But you can't say you. You're always begging. You're always doing this. You know, you're eating the money. Are you going to the club? Are you drinking alcohol? Brother, all of that was unnecessary. Say yes or say no and walk away. That's it. That is Islam. That is Islam. 
We say yes, we say no, and we walk away. The Quran tells us when someone asks you, Allah is watching. What is he watching? How you react. That's it. Are you going to rebuke? Allah says, You know why? A day will come when you need to ask. The other way around. That day is near. It's not far. Then what? People will say, mm, When I asked you, do you remember what you said? Do you remember how you reacted? Subhanallah. And you know what? The ultimate is that we ask Allah, we are dependent on Allah, all of us. So if someone asks you for something you have and you want to rebuke them, you should be ashamed to ask Allah for something that he has. Do you follow what we are saying? How can you treat someone very lowly when they have a need that Allah sent them to you for? And then you want to ask Allah for your needs and you want him to treat you with respect and honor? May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us understanding. But I give you good news. The Sahaba radiallahu anhum went through it. And what happens? Allah says, bear patience. It's okay. A day will come when goodness will prevail. A day will come when goodness will prevail in such a way that there will be no regret for our patience. Bear patience. Don't make matters worse. Don't worry. Allah will grant us victory against all odds. Work hard. Be dedicated. You know, I've traveled to countries, many countries. I promise you, my heart is closest to some of the countries in Africa where you see people who are dedicated to the deen beyond some of the people of Mecca and Medina. And I am telling you, I visited some parts of Nigeria, for example, where you see young children so dedicated to the deen. They are hafiz of the Quran, they speak the Arabic language, they are knowledgeable, they have respect, dignity. As soon as the person walks into your presence, you can tell this one here is very disciplined, very well-mannered. They have the deen and they have akhlaq. And subhanallah, you tell yourself, there are people back at home who think they are the only Muslims in the world. But don't worry, Allah knows. May Allah guide us all. There is good in every community. Remember that. And there is bad in every community. We should never say a certain community is only bad. We might want to say some communities are predominantly very good. Because that's a good comment. But when you want to say something negative, don't make a blanket statement to say all of them are bad. Because in everyone there is good and bad. In fact, in all of us, there's a good element and a bad element. Sometimes someone catches you at the wrong time. The wrong place you're in a bad mood and you might just be a bit grumpy and then what happens subhanallah you say something and they think you're bad but you're actually a good person sometimes you're very tired and people are asking of your time and so on and you might utter a word that seems very disrespectful but you are generally a good person because that is a human nature you're just a human being you can make a mistake it's okay but it's not your predominant characteristic so centers of excellence like this one here, Al-Furqan in southern Johannesburg. Here in a place known as Fine Town. I won't forget that. Fine Town. <laughs> MashaAllah. I had to look at it twice on the maps. I said, Fine Town. Oh, must be a fine town with some fine people. MashaAllah. MashaAllah. A center of this nature is empowering us Make use of it, my brothers, my sisters. 
Thank Allah for the opportunities that are afforded. They may not be everything, but there is something. Make use of it. Thank Allah and excel. You will go beyond those who are spending their times in the clubs and the pubs. You will go way beyond them. While they are busy criticizing, we are busy building. Subhanallah. You know, there is a couplet in the Persian language which speaks about how the bird continues to make its nest when the flood is happening. And everyone's houses are being destroyed, but the bird's nest is being built. So when the flood is, you know, destroyed everything, the nest is ready. Subhanallah. Same applies to us. If you look down and continue working, protect yourself from bad habits. No drugs, no alcohol, no gambling, no bad words, no abuse, nothing negative. Just be positive. Build yourself. A day will come when you will see the success and you will thank Allah for the discipline of Islam. What makes Islam different? Discipline. We worship Allah alone and we follow what he says. I won't do so many things because those rules are there for my own benefit. People say, why can't I have relations with a non-mahram person? Of the opposite sex, the answer is Allah knows what is going to destroy you. Subhanallah. Look at the others who are destroyed because of that. Allah says, control yourself. Be disciplined. Be happy with what we've given you. Work hard on your family. Work hard on your life. At least be successful. Be there for your children. And Allah will open the rest of the doors. But that is Allah. So our nest will be ready. But we do not make dua that the rest suffer with floods. That's the point. We want everyone to benefit. A day will come when we will be able to achieve that by the will of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala open our doors. So I want to progress further because this evening we read many of the surahs. They were revealed in Mecca. These short surahs filled with belief and re, you know, reassurance for the believers and comfort. These short surahs, they were revealed in Mecca. The Muslims were weak at the time. They were downtrodden. They were looked down upon. But what happened? Yeah, they had to leave their homes. They went, they lost their wealth. They lost a lot, many years. A day came, my brothers and sisters, when they were victorious. They were entering Mecca. And subhanallah, Allah says, Indeed, we have granted you a clear-cut victory. That day came. What was it? When the Prophet ﷺ was entering Mecca with an army of thousands of well-equipped and armed men. And the people of Mecca, as powerful as they used to be before, they knew there's no chance for us here. But guess what the Prophet ﷺ did? Did he just go and attack them and harm them and kill them like people think Islam is all about fighting and killing, right? That's not true. If that was the case, the victory of Makkah, the Prophet ﷺ would have demolished the whole of Makkah. He would have destroyed all of its people and wiped them out. No, you know what he said? This is the height of clemency. This is the height of the prophetic characteristic. When the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, looks at his enemies in Makkah as he entered. And he asks them, O people of Quraysh, one of my favorite statements. Ya ma'ashara Quraysh, ma'adha tadunnuna anni fa'ilum bikum. O people of Quraysh, what do you think I'm going to do to you today? Why was that question important? 
Because they knew what they did to him yesterday. That's why. They knew what they did. So he was asking, so today, now that I, am, I have the upper hand in every way, what do you think I am going to do to you? When you had the upper hand, you know what you did. Today I have the upper hand. What do you think I'm going to do? They had no answer. They are sitting thinking, mm, he's a good man. He's a noble man. He's okay. You know, you're a good man. You have a good father. You come from a good family. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Now it's all important and relevant, right? Right? He says, Go, all of you are totally free. We are not going to revenge or retribute in any way today. Go, you are free. That's a messenger. When they heard that, many of them were shocked. They said, that is a Nabi of Allah. Just that statement automatically sowed the seed of Iman and belief in their hearts. They said, that is definitely a messenger of Allah. It's not possible that a human being who's not a messenger can have so much of clemency with confidence. You know, when you want to forgive the whole army, you say, guys, it's okay. We set, you're free, you can do what you want. People would be worried. They might come back and attack us, right? To have clemency with confidence is only the doing of a prophet instructed by Allah. That's it. He said, go. Then he continued, he said, I tell you what, the, what Yusuf, the Prophet Joseph, may peace be upon him, told his brothers. Okay, Yusuf السلام, told his brothers, no retribution today, Allah will forgive you, he is the most forgiving, most merciful. The Prophet told them, no retribution upon you today. As for the mercy of Allah, it's up to you to get it by declaring the shahada. We can say from our side, we won't do anything, you are forgiven. But between you and Allah, you want to make peace, you must worship Allah alone. Subhanallah. You declare the shahada, and then we will be successful. Many of them accepted Islam. There came a time when almost all of them accepted Islam. Very few of the people of Makkah remained as non-Muslim. So there we are. My brothers and sisters, the sufferings that we have today will not last forever. For as long as we have two things, sabr and taqwa. إِنَّهُ مَنْ يَتَّقِي وَيَصْبِرْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُضِيعُ أَجْرَ الْمُحْسِنِينَ Indeed, the one who has sabr and taqwa, meaning the one who bears patience and develops a relationship with Allah correctly, Allah says we will never waste the reward of those who do good. Never. Your reward is with Allah. You will get it in this world, Allah will show it to you. And if not in this world, then in the akhirah, we will sail straight through. We will sail straight through. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gather us in the companionship of the Prophet May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us Jannatul Firdaus. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us a love that we can fulfill each other's rights in a beautiful way. Remember, seize opportunities you have. If you don't have an opportunity, try to create an opportunity. And for example, if an opportunity, particular opportunity you are searching for does not open, it doesn't mean that you need to get stuck there. Go for other doors that are already opened by Allah. Sometimes Allah knows we close this door because we want to open a bigger door for you. So don't worry. But the day you give up is the day you lose. Don't give up. Be humble, be good, be a good Muslim, work hard, 
and you will see Allah will grant you the success of the dunya and the akhirah. Aqulu qawli hadha wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilayhi.